What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the best podcast on planet Earth. We are back. Anything better, episode 14, with myself, Paul Bersey, over here on the east with himself. I don't know if that's right. Bill Burr over there on the west. We got the Greek freak, Andrew Themlis, behind the glass, whatever, the, the uh, producer extraordinaire. We are back. Um, and I got to tell you, we ooh, we felt some of the people complaining we weren't here, Bill. Uh, I, I got to say thank you to everybody that came out to Dallas to Addison Improv. But some people, I was like, they were like, oh, I love the podcast. I, oh, like, I heard it, good things. I heard good things about your shows down there, Paul. It, it went Jeff great. Sewell. Jeff it, Sewell. Mr. It, Peaches yeah. himself. Calls everybody oh. peaches. Oh, dude, he said peaches. Kiki, he la, kept la, saying, la, la, Kiki. He got, kept saying Mama Mia. Mama I mean, he's... Mia. Ma- oh, oh Mama Mia. Um, but the shows were great. And then people were coming up going, man, love the podcast. And they were talking about the special. And I go, yeah, man, we're, we're, we took a... I, I, this one guy, I go, we took a week off. And I just saw his face. He goes, oh, man, this is the one I don't miss. And I was like, no, we'll be back. We'll be back. But... uh I want to thank everybody for coming out, the kind words about the show, listening to all the podcasts, but we are back today, episode 14, okay, and uh, what is that? Oh, oh, all right. Oscar Robinson. Oscar Robinson, that's a great 14. Cincinnati Royals, Pete Rose, wait a minute, Steve Grogan. Dude, Oscar Ernie Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks, Mr. Cub. (laughs) Young Cosby. <laughs> he looked like a young Bill Cosby. Oh, don't uh, tell me. Oh, you know who that is. Oh, it's right there. Sorry. Y.A. Tittle. New York Giant, right? Yeah, lost three, like, like lost five title games in six years. You guys had you know a rough you, one. Late, late 50s, early 60s. It was tough. You don't see a lot of 14s anymore. I don't see a, a lot of 14s. Nice. All right. There's a lot of great 14s. There is. There is, but I don't see them nowadays. Dan Fouts. That's a great one. Dude, Oscar Robinson, Dan Fouts, Bob Cousy, Pete Rose. Dude, 14. Pete Rogan. Rogan. There was a Hall of Fame for toughest toughest players that ever played. Steve Grogan, is, he's got to be there. Dude, that yeah. guy, the hits that guy took on that turf back then when it was like he was getting tackled in a parking lot. Dude, the guy had a fucking, he had a permanent <laughs> neck brace sewed into the top of his his jersey as a quarterback. Uh, you never see quarterbacks with that. Am I going to get whiplash? It's like, I know I'm going to get whiplash. So let's, let's get, let's start the medical care before the game even starts. Oh, shit. Hey, Jim Rice. How did I forget that one? Remember those throwback jerseys? Who's that? Dave Keon. That's a little before my time. He wasn't that guy that the uh, the owner got into a beef with and traded. Then he came back and kicked their ass, was it? Fucking Leafs, man. Fucking Leafs. You know what's funny? I heard a fun fact here. I didn't know this, but Jeff Sewell was telling me in between shows before I went on. For the people that don't know, Jeff Sewell has been at the Dallas Improv for 34 years. He's this little guy. He's hilarious. And he always said, like Bill said, he'll call you peaches or he'll just walk by and go, Mama Mia is just this funny character. He told me that his father or something, because he grew up, I guess, around the Kansas City area, their friends or family friends was Bob Gibson, rest his soul, the pitcher. Oh, wow. And he's like, Bob Gibson was like around. Like I talked to him, like he was around my family and stuff. And I was just like, wow, dude, like great, great, uh, 
great pitcher. And uh, so I didn't, I don't know. Uh, he also helped the Red Sox prove that their impossible dream was impossible. <laughs> <laughs> when he shut us down in 67, they had to lower the mound because of guys like that. Yes. Um, what a badass! But like, I didn't know. I didn't want to say anything about his number. I don't think that's his number. I don't want to be disrespectful. But I just thought it was cool because Bob Gibson's a fucking. What is what is um, what do you think is more difficult to do? Like being a shutdown pitcher. Like, like I remember when the Yankees would be down 0-1 in a series, and they were like, "We're giving the ball to Pettit," and like he's just got to win. And normally he did in that situation, but being a pitcher in that fucking scenario where you're like, like, you know, the next day you lose, you're down Oh two. And you're just like, I got to shut this team down. And the good guys did. That's a bad dude, man. That's the oh, shit. Yeah. Right. No, I, well, you, well, you, you started the question. You didn't, what's harder. You said being a shutdown pitcher or. Well, I guess, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was going to say like a defender. In Going a week without arguing with your wife. What's tough. <laughs> I was going to say defender in the NBA, but yeah, we could do that. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about arguing with your wife is right when you think we've talked about this, right when you think it's done and you're like, dude, we're good. You know, we had sex. We're laughing. She's laughing at my jokes again. We watched a series together. Now we're doing the thing where we show respect where you're not going to watch an episode without her. That's when things are good. When she's like, don't watch that one without me. I'm like, of course not. What are you kidding? <laughs> I would I wouldn't do that. We're on episode four, honey. Um, and then it's just, you know, big fight. You're like, I'll go downstairs. I'm not going to watch that, but I'll watch no, it. I went for a walk last night. I burned some calories. I, I did a big fucking loop around the neighborhood. Dude, you're a Gemini like my son. Geminis have this thing where when they, they walk away and they internalize it and they make, they figure it out like a math equation first. Where no, I'm a, no, dude. I, that's not what I did. I, I stood there and I fought every fucking battle. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't make the cut the front nine. I'm trying to fucking get even on the back nine here of my life. So I just went for a walk. Oh, yeah. I don't go for walks. No, we're good. We're good, though. We are, we, we ironed the whole thing up. Figured yeah. out it's actually very similar to me. So that's probably uh, the problem. Two Geminis, Paul. Two Geminis. When you get real pissed, though, you go quiet for, for at first, right? Like Like, and then you blow up or no? Depends on what's just happened. <laughs> Somebody just cut me off. I, I'm going to yell loud enough that they're actually going to hear me in the car yeah. in front of me, even if we're driving down the highway. Yeah. If somebody is, it's a social situation, you can't say anything, I will clock it. And then there will be an undeniable look on my, I, I wear it on my sleeve. You'll know I'm pissed. So I remember something happened with you in Atlanta. I'm not going to bring it up. It still gets me fucking. It's still, I still thought about revenge, but oh, that's um, fucking I, I remember I actually, to be honest with you, I still thought about revenge years later, 10 years later, but something happened. And I remember we were on a tour and we were, and I remember you just go, I'll be back. And you just went for a, and I knew like when you went for the walk and you did it, I go, all right, man, he's doing, and that's a gift. You know, that's a gift. My son does that. My wife does that. Me and Stacy would get into fights and I'm sure couples will, will understand this. I didn't, I didn't learn to keep my mouth shut until now, but me and Stacy would get into fights and she would just start marching upstairs. And I, it, it drove me, it drove me nuts because oh, I wanted. The walk away is the worst. It's yeah. usually and, when you're making a good point. 
And I go, what are you doing? I, one time I go, that what are you is doing? why, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, and the judge just walks out. I say, wait a minute. These are my it's, closing remarks. Exactly. That's exactly right. That, that doesn't happen in a courtroom. That's a great way to look at it. It's a great example. And she'd walk up the steps and I would go, where are you going? And you know me, when I was young, I was like, where are you going? What are you, you know, what are you a child and all this shit? Are you a child? Are you this? Are you that? And she would just go in and I would hear the door close and she'd say, just please stay away. And I'd see that she was, her eyes were, and then she would come out and be hours later, she'd come out and be able to deal with it. And my son can do that. My son just goes, don't talk to me, dad. Don't talk to me. And then the, the door most closes. The beautiful things ever is following a woman that's mad at you. Just let her go. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing you're going to say in that walk away that's going to make them stay. Once they start walking, dude, it's over. It's like it's like when you miss the flight. And you're like, but it's still at the gate. It's like, sorry, it's over, sir. It's over. The door to the plane is closed. But you could open it. Yeah. We could open it, but it's not happening. <laughs> it's over. We got a food court across the way. Why don't you sit down? Yeah. You're hoping for the exception. Fucking... Yeah, yeah. You're hoping they're going to be like, all right, listen, man, the plane's ready to taxi, but and it's just not going to happen. That's what it is. You're following yeah. the last passenger down the jetway. She's getting in, and they're closing that door in your face. It's not, there's not. What are you gonna stick your fingers in that big thing? Cut them you off. You just said something. You just said something brilliant, and I. It's perfect. It's like in a court of law, you can't leave. <laughs> you can't have like before closing arguments. Some them just like the the first argument, and people leave. Oh, yeah. Or, or the other side, it makes a good point. And then they, oh, you're just going to throw that in my face. And then they just fucking walk out. That's I'm my favorite that. one. When you make a good point that they can't refute, then all of a sudden you're throwing it in their face. It's like, no, I'm just really just defending myself. <laughs> you made a point and I made a point back and now you don't have an answer to that. So now all of a sudden I threw it in your face. Am I supposed <laughs> to put it on a pillow, like type it out? Yeah. <laughs> I tried that one time. I go in a court of law. I got you in a court of law. I got you, but it is in a court of law. So it's kind of, yeah, but it's not a court of law. So <laughs> like I, I tried doing that a to a friend. Gavel, started banging it on your counter. <laughs> um, We got to talk about this UFC weekend, man. Oh my God, dude. I got to tell you something. First of all, the Maz uh, Vidal knockout by that guy. The amount of cloud of sweat that just he caught him so perfectly, just out cold. And the guy had the 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 class to go, look, I love this. I don't know if you saw the thing, but he goes, I love this sport so much that I thought he was going to like shoot or do something. And by the time he didn't, it was too late and he got me and it was beautiful. And to hear a guy get knocked out, talk about the the art of it and the sport of getting fucking rocked like that. I, I thought it was really fucking cool. And that reminded me of, uh, as far as how clean the shot was, was uh, that classic Joe Frazier when he caught Ali. And broke yes. his jaw. It was insane. Insane. Um, but dude, I got to tell you something. That's what some of the most gruesome shit. That brought me back to like an 80s slasher movie. I don't need to see any more limbs or feet flopping around. My wife no. fucking watches this shit. I just go like, and she literally tells me, it's over, it's over. Dude, and I love Rogan. Rogan just sits there going, oh, yeah, oh. He goes like, yeah, and then, it, then I wasn't even watching it. Joe is like giving like such detail. I can't not picture it. Like Joe goes in the end, he goes, 
Yeah, and then his leg bent back again. I was like, ah. Dude, whenever, uh, whenever there's a compound fracture of the leg, when they go to step back, when that now I'm going to do it. You know what it reminds me of? You ever see a little kid putting on, like, his mom's rain boots? That's what it looks like. <laughs> the thing just flops over on the side. No, it looked like a prosthetic that was uh, not on right. It was... And it was dangling, and 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 the fucked up thing was the foot was pointed up in the wrong direction. Oh, dude, it was I gotta tell Rog Rogan and Daniel Cormier's reaction though, I fucking loved because it was either going, he's going like I had friends. Well, Cormier like, couldn't look at it either. Yeah. That's, that's a professional fighter. Even he was like, I don't want to look at. I think it was him. Might have been the the uh, the the main guy. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was him, but uh, the did they fight do something? Do they do something with that, Bill? Should they do something with that low leg kick? Because a lot of legs have just snapped like that. Like, I guess not, right? I, I, dude, I don't, I don't even get how you kick another guy in the in the leg with your shin and you're not both hopping up and down afterwards. And it's it's not like a fucking draw, dude. If I was fighting you and you kicked me like that, it, the, the fight's over for both of us. Shins, dude. Ugh. No, dude, I get dude, sick. There's nothing I... there. There's no meat. Nah, dude, I can't. You know, I don't like seeing the... Listen, dude, I don't want to... Can they cover the feet, dude? It's always been a problem for me. Just some the bottom of some guy's yellow, orange foot. I just fucking tape it up. They should tape up the middle and tape up the ankle, dude. It's fucking... Gr it's the one thing I have a hard time with. It's just bare foot. Like... I mean, look, it was a great night. And then Rose... Uh, winning her fight with that 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 uh, I love that chick from China though man her vibe when she was doing the shit but when they were when they were like doing her intro and she was you know I just wish people didn't boo her hey when it becomes like that USA versus the other shit it's like they're both fucking fighters right killer fight but she got her so good she didn't even know she was out I mean it was amazing it was nice. an, just an amazing uh amazing night but i gotta tell you dude that guy who got kicked in the leg and then his foot didn't work anymore like what the fuck did he hit uh i've been watching fighting forever i thought he broke his ankle like no nah, no nah, he hit a nerve it's just like that can happen <laughs> yeah I, that's the one thing that i don't know if they need to do without that's been the most gruesome and worst career ending or like altering things is that low leg kick man but i guess you can't i guess it's the name well, of the game happen that much I saw it happen to that kid, and it happened to him when when uh, the other guy—I don't know anybody's name—the guy crawls in like a spider. One of the greatest. Yeah, uh, Anderson Silva. Happened to him. Oof. And Dude. I remember seeing—I uh, remember seeing a guy. I swear to God, he got knocked out so bad, his body turned into like a slinky or a rainbow. Like his <laughs> his head just went down to the floor while his feet were still planted. And his, he fell down and one of his legs went out and his other leg was bent gruesomely back. And they were so attending to him to make sure he was okay. It took like another 30 seconds before a ref just reached over and straightened his shit out. This was a long time ago. This is like when it was, uh, I think in like the 2000s that one happened. So sure yeah, putting some video to this right now. It was, it was like, no, it's the fucking Joe Theismann hit the entire oh. goddamn night. 
I'm like you, dude. I can't watch it. I can't watch a guy's knee bend the way that it shouldn't. I can't watch a fucking limb just completely out of place with flopping around, dude. I can't, I really can't, dude. And like, I don't care if it's the guy I want to win the fight or don't. I don't want to see any of that shit at all. The thing man. Is, is, if you watched it long enough, it wouldn't phase you. Oof. I like yeah, the knockouts. Like brain just, you just get used to it. Yeah, they're eating a sandwich straight, and the guy's fucking leg out just wouldn't affect you at all. I know uh, a comic named uh, Mick Thomas. Shout out to Mick Thomas. He's a comic in Long Island from Ireland. Moved here. He was a kickboxing champion in Europe, and he's funny as shit. But he's just that tough Irish. He's got the thick Irish accent. Guy was a kickboxing champion, and he needs something in his life, so he moves here to do stand-up, had to do gold gloves just because he's built like that. But he was talking about, he got in there one time and he was fighting. He won a championship, but he got in there one time and he's like, dude, this guy hit him so hard. He goes, you know the way everybody complains to the ref about why just stop it? He was like, I was thrilled. It was like, he, just, he was just like, because guys go, come on, man. But he goes like, yeah. there are times you're just like, thank God the guy went like this because he's doing you a favor. But um. That guy, Usman, who fought Masvidal, brought, like, I guess his hero and his whole life is his dad, right? And he brings his dad, but then he brings his little daughter. Then he brings a family, and he's going into a fight to a guy that's doing shit like this and going, like, yeah. it's going to be violent. Be violent. I, don't, I don't know how. Like, listen, if, if you bombed in front of your wife and kids... <laughs> Right? If I bomb the front of my wife, I'd be like, hey, daddy had a rough day at the office. You know, that's it. We're going to watch a movie. If that, you that'd get, be, That'd be tough enough to do that. It would be tough to go, hey, daddy, the crowd, you know, whatever, for your kids sitting there. Getting put to fucking sleep or or just out cold and your fucking eyes roll. That's what the thing is. It's almost like you turn into a fucking, you have a seizure. Fuck that, dude. Yeah. Not, I mean, that's a, losing a fight. Another man beats you up and your wife is sitting there watching it. Oh, because here's the thing. You know, six months later, you get in an argument. She's bringing that up. <laughs> then she quickly apologized. Sorry, I got upset. I shouldn't have said that. And then you got to act like she didn't fucking say that shit. I'm busting like, my ass trying to fucking pay. You know what else? You know who else yeah. busted your ass? Well, like falling on your ass after you took that fucking left hook. I told you you should have had more head movement. You wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> oh, you know the wives are definitely like Stacy would be like that. Because Stacy would like Stacy would be like, not in a bed, but she'd be like, I didn't think you were moving enough. <laughs> Just because of love, she would try to like my wife would root for the other guy. She she caught her on the right day. She'd still feel bad for me, but if you caught her on the right day, she would root uh... for the other guy. Just, Maybe not to win, but she she want me to earn it. Take a few. Oh, that's so funny. Like during the fight, she's thinking back to old fights, like old fights in the kitchen. And she's like, just fucking hit I him hard. I brought it on myself. I can't blame <laughs> Just hit her. Just hit him hard. But that's why the that's why the UFC is the best. The UFC is the fucking when is the last time you saw a meaning? The last time there was a meaningful boxing match was Tyson Fury. Jake Paul versus that fucking plumber. Oh. Uh, uh. He wasn't a plumber, but he had a belly like one. Oh, no. I said he looked like he just had Twinkies. It was fucking awful, dude. That guy went in for a paycheck. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, dude. You don't come into a fight like that, you know, looking like that 
and his hands were down. Watch it again. I Watch would. It. No, I'm a former UFC guy and I'm fighting a YouTube star. I mean, I don't, I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll do the road work. You I don't do it. Hoagie. Why did Vegas have the favorite? Dana White was like, I'll bet a million dollars a UFC. That guy was a 19 and two UFC fighter. And one of the two losses was when he got that fucking knee to the head, which happened right out of the gate, which nobody expected. So you mean to tell Wait, me that that's that same guy, the guy that, uh, the guy that Mazgadov kneed in the head and was down twitching in five seconds. That was the guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the reason why Jake Paul handpicked him was because all he wants to do in the UFC is wrestle. He's like a U. He's like a United States champion. He's a great wrestler. He can't box. Well, you know, I, I don't know. Look, it's all entertainment. It's just whatever you want. I mean, if they can put the real housewives on TV. They can put that shit on TV. If people want to watch it. They can go and fucking watch it. I do think it's fucking hilarious that people <laughs> in the UFC any comments on Jake Paul? They got to say that shit. It's, it's fucking, it's like, you know, you and I playing like, you know, pick up basketball. And then later on that night, like fucking Westbrook. Hey, so what'd you think about Verzi's handle? <laughs> <laughs> and then they got to sit there being like, I mean, you know, for a dad in his backyard, he's pretty good, I guess. I'm sure he's uh, maybe doing some damage in that cul-de-sac. Uh, but how is he getting it happening? How does Jake Paul get that? Because that he understands the art of hate. He gets it. It's yeah. just like he he has a black belt in being hateable. That's what he's doing, and those guys just keep doing shit. So you you're gonna you're gonna watch it because you just so want to see this guy get punched in his fucking face. Yep. I I steer clear of that shit. All the, my shit is always I want to see the real shit. Right. So like I didn't even get uh, when, you know, when uh, McGregor fought. Uh, uh, was it oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even I didn't. I was like, I'm not fucking watching one of the best boxers of all time fight yeah, yeah. one of the best MMA guys of all time. But fighting boxing rules. That's just like, all right, we got a mathematician and a historian. We're yeah. going to see who's smarter by only doing math. So we were, yeah. We were watching that fight and Bobby Kelly, I got back from vacation and Bobby Kelly was like, dude, I'm having the fucking, the inflatable. He had like a dude, big. I'm broadcasting it on the bottom side of an above ground pool. I just bought on eBay. It's an apple above ground pool, dude. And dude, it the projector. House the second the fucking thing's over, dude. Dude, the projector's my watch. It's fucking nuts. It's unreal. I just sit here like this rubbing my chin. You guys can see it. If anybody fucks with me, it goes away. So, so, so Bobby invites like a bunch of people. And I remember Dante showed up. Dante Nero showed up. And I'm sitting there. And you know me. I got back from vacation. I told my wife, you know, I'm going to go to Bobby's watch the fight. Bobby was handing out. It's funny. Bobby was handing out Cubans. And I saw him give a Cuban to a kid that didn't know cigars. And I just go, dude. You know what? That's on him. He's been go, smoking cigars too long. But you, you know, know what? what? That's his need to be liked. And he just went, dude, I got to take it to the next level, dude. No, you know what? I actually I actually applaud him doing that. You know what he did? Because he was just like, everybody at my party is going to get the same thing regardless. So even though, like, after the fact, I go, dude, you I might want to I get that, but you got to yeah. question where it came from. It came from a childhood of no love and trying to make up for it. Dude, I did, I've, I've, done, I've done the exact 
same fucking thing. And when you walk away and you come back and you see that half smoking thing already put out, that's the ashtray slobbered all over. Dude, he he made start looking around the party. Where is he? Where is he? I saw a fucking three quarter Cuban in the ashtray, and I'm going. We talked about it afterwards. So funny, but uh. So anyway, we're watching McGregor fight Mayweather, and McGregor had like a couple of good rounds, you know. And I'm going, I don't know, dude. He could, you know, it's just stupid me buying into it. And Dante's going, Paul, you understand what you're seeing here? Like he would, he like Mayweather knows what he's doing. He would never, he would never. Him. So you feel like you're getting your money's worth? Yes. He 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 let it go because if that thing goes around. It's just everybody's like, that was ridiculous. He should have knocked him out in a fucking round and then would have been, what did your dumbasses think was going to happen? This is a yeah. lesson to all of you. And then hold up his money and fucking walk out. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. It doesn't make any sense. Let's take a basketball player and, and a, a fucking volleyball player. We'll see who's a better athlete by only playing volleyball. I don't know. He's pretty tall. He can dunk a ball. I don't know. It, hey, good on Jake Paul for making millions of dollars by fucking having people out there want to see him get knocked out. The guy's got the biggest musical. Justin Bieber did a fucking set before the fight. He's getting all those guys. He's getting Snoop Dogg is just smoking weed talking about it. And the guy's capitalizing oh, Snoop on Dogg it. Snoop Dogg is the show within the show. I mean, it's worth just to listen to his commentator. I saw the first. I saw the one when Tyson fought. Is the one where Tyson fought? Is that the same Jake Paul shit? Yes, he fought Tyson Nate Robinson. Jones. He fought he fought the basketball player Nate Robinson on the first one. Oh, that's they wanted right. To see, they wanted to see a professional athlete go against him, and he knocked him out bad. You know what my favorite thing about Jake, Jake Paul is I love the belt, the championship belt. He's three and zero, and he already has the belt. <laughs> How do you win a title in three fights? Oh my God! He started his own league, and he just came in as the champion. It's it's like I love wrestling, and that's just that is a story right out of wrestling. What if Jake Paul becomes the Vince McMahon of his own shit like that, and it's basically celebrity versus somebody that thinks does. they could fight? I hope he does. I mean, let let's go through a couple of good ones, Bill. Let's go through a couple of good. Ones. Oh, I think the crowd's Paul, gonna love who this. Do you want Jake Paul to fight next? No, no, no. Let's let's come up with our own. Who would you want to see if, if it was our fucking league? I want to see Herschel Walker get in the ring. Ooh, with Jake Paul. What about old timers? What about Jim Brown versus Bill Russell? A fight to the death, man. They're too old. Don't do that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, dude. Oh, Jim I got Brown one for the undercard is that pedophile from Subway, and he's fighting for his freedom. If he wins, he's on the loose again. Oh, shit. Well, you oh. just have him fight some guy that you know is going to kick the shit out of him, so then people can enjoy it. What Herschel are we saying? What are we saying to the youth that you're going to let this kid... You know all these states are bankrupt. One of those states would probably do it if they got a piece of the purse. Dude, Barack Obama versus Cuomo in a fucking in a that'd be fucking oh dude. That'd be, gotta be against Trump. Finally settled the grudge match. Obama roasted him. Trump took his house. It's oh. one one. <laughs> yeah, but I think Obama they, they gotta fucking have it out. 
No, but Obama's too young. Trump is Trump is seven. Trump's Trump has that McDonald's weight. He could lean on him. He'd be tired by the third round. Andrew, how old is uh, Obama and how old is uh, Cuomo? <laughs> I'm buying that fight for fifty. Dude, I would love to see Trump walking down. Which Cuomo? <laughs> the 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 governor, the the uh, Andrew. Fifty-five. Uh, hang on, sorry. Oh my God, dude! Kyle Dunnigan's Cuomo, sixty-three. Oh my God! Oh, it's every that kid. That kid is sixty-three. Uh, yeah. And how old's Barack? I bet you Barack is probably Barack's got to be sixty. That's a good fight. Both in what? Fifty-nine with a birthday in August. Okay, so he's gonna be sixty. There you sixty already. Fuck, time goes by. Who's who does Vegas have? Barack versus fucking Cuomo. Barack's got the age on him. Probably has a Republican. Cuomo's a Democrat. Ah, you can't. You gotta have. You gotta have like Bloods versus Crips here. Blue versus Red. You gotta have that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that'd be fucking. Herschel Herschel Walker would fuck somebody. I just saw Herschel Walker in a news thing because he's a really big like. Herschel Walker is a big right wing Republican. So he goes on all the networks like that. And he t- and he looks like he could fuck it. His neck is still like he looks like if you hand him the ball in a game today, he's going for four yards. Out of the so game. He used to do like a thousand sit ups watching the Cosby show. And then his next show, he do like 500 push ups. He said he never lifted a weight in his life. He, the guy was just. Yeah, he actually I, I think he, I want to say he tried MMA for a second. Like, oh, really? did he? Yeah, like in his late 40s, I want to say like 10, 15 years ago, he uh, he attempted that stuff. He's an incredible athlete. It takes a, I think it takes one of the, I think it's the, I'll go as far as to say it's the most balls of any sport. To be a UFC fighter, you have some kind of, there's something there that like rock climbers have. That's right. That's why all of those guys, you know, you got to respect anybody that has the ball because the, the, like how much you can get hurt permanently. Right. And then secondly, the humiliation of a loss, like having to to however, how you get past that, how fighters forget about like just training, knowing there's another world class athlete out there analyzing your tape. That make me nauseous trying to figure out how to send my jaw around my fucking head. The balls that that takes. uh, That's why I like uh, Rose, the way she comes in totally still and just calm. Yeah, you like that first that first time she won the championship with that woman in her second language was yeah. cool. this Saturday boogie woman come for you. Like, I don't know why nobody told her, don't say that boogie woman shit. She goes, <laughs> boogie woman come for you. And she's just sitting there staring at her like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Calm. Any anytime I watch a UFC fight, man, it's like when me and you used to watch a football game and we say, let's bet on it right before, right as the teams come out. Same with the UFC. It's all every time I see somebody win, you hear Rogan or the another announcer go, ah, he's just breathing better. He's just calm. It's like they're just waiting for the thing. But um I'm still not good because there's a lot of time I see guys talking and they kind of they're trying to smile, but they kind of like that. They have that look on their face, like they look like they're nervous. And I go, that guy's nervous. He's gonna lose. And I don't know that. It's still 50-50. For me, anyways. I'm not I'm not good at uh picking those. Dude, that's why that kid Brendan Schaub, who started doing who went to comedy after that, and he tells a story on that Comedy Central show, This Is Not Happening, where he walked in the ring 
and like his dad is there. Then he sees like Leonardo DiCaprio and he tells this really great story, man. And you're just watching. And he's like, dude, he's like, I'm just like, my, you know, he's just like my whole thing. And then he was like, he looks at the guy come in. He talks about how the lights went down for the other guy coming in. <laughs> There's song. And it was like this Hawaiian shit. It's just like, oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and he's just telling the whole story. And he goes, and I just go in and he goes and they start and he goes, <laughs> and I run at him. And he just said, like, I mean, I'm probably butchering it. It's his story. But he's just like, then I just kind of woke up and said, what happened? <laughs> like, he wow. just he just got knocked. Guys, like, remember when you had to fight a kid after school, how nerve wracking that was? The girl you like showed up and everything it was fucking brutal. Dude, you have a fight after school with Leonardo DiCaprio sitting there, some supermodel. You're like, oh, man, I can't lose this one. If it's, I lose, please knock me out so I don't have to fucking look at anybody as I go to leave. But when you watch guys get brutally knocked out, you see them looking. I saw one guy, he literally was going because he was winning the fight. He won the first two rounds. And then he went to shoot against that Derek Lewis kid. And and, he, and Derek Lewis was losing the fight, but he was waiting because he knew the guy was going to shoot. And as the guy shot, he uppercut him. And you see his neck go like this. And his eyes went. And he was out cold before he hit the ground. And he literally sat up like a minute and a half later. And he goes, How, what happened? Like they, these guys get knocked the they don't know what how it ends. <laughs> I know, dude, and that stuff. It's that's not like that happens, and then you're the same person after. Because I've heard they they'd rather get choked out or submitted than than that take, than taking that. Yeah, because that's all that fucking CTE shit and everything. That's my only thing with the UFC is the amount of hits guys take after they're out. That whole fucking hitting the ground, and then the guy bam, 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 and then they go. You know, you, you always think there's always. You get you get the fucking you get the two piece and then the the uh, the fucking three hammer fist fucking side order is coming. Whether it, it's like it's like when you go to a taco joint uh, stand, no matter what, you're getting those little fucking chips. You don't even order them; they come in that little thing. That's a UFC. You're getting three of those fucking hammer fists, and you're just laying there. Yeah, that's what my wow. wife hates. My wife is like, "Why is he still hitting him?" She does. I was like, "Cause the ref didn't do this." It's like, yeah, I think they could do something to make it. What about the guys when the guy falls down? Then they do like that fucking like, like Dr. J dunk, but it's a fist. The amount of times they actually miss, though, when they come in with the fucking thing, you'd be surprised how accurate they are. But I think in the excitement of knocking the guy out, they get a little on. It's funny. The guy's spending the whole time going like this. He still gets hit. And then when he's just laying there, it's like Bull Durham. Go ahead. Throw it. Throw it at my head. He fucking sent it through the glass. (laughs) For a 33-year-old movie reference. Yeah. And you know what's weird, too? When we watch it, it's like when you watch baseball, right? And a, and a ball curves. And we're like, why you swing at that? To our, We don't realize the batter is seeing. They, they, they Like a scientist broke it down. It literally to the batter looks like the ball is coming where they can hit it. And then it drops. We on TV see it slower. So we're going... What the fuck is he swinging oh, you at? You see where the catcher, catcher catches it in the dirt. The fuck is he swinging at? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. why Barry Bonds. That's why Barry Bonds was such an amazing hitter because they lined up when he decides when he decides decided to swing was like a half a second later than the average batter because he had such quick hands. So he he had the advantage of knowing where the ball was going to be, and that's the, yeah. that was that changed. Dude. Everything. I gotta, I gotta tell you guys a story about that. You're gonna, you're gonna love. But I just wanted to say, like, that's why with the UFC, I'm going. How come they didn't see that head kick? Like when Rose, when Rose kicked that the the lady and and knocked her out, and but she was just standing there and kind of just eased over, 
And then the left just hit her right here. And she did not see the kick and knocked her out cold. And, and, and I'm thinking, how do you not see somebody trying to kick your head? That's how fast and good it is. But I got to tell you guys a story. about. I, there's got to gotta be something too where it's, it's coming from below. Because I don't know how the fuck, because I always heard fighters, they look right here and they can tell by whatever you do with your show. I still don't get it. I don't get how those guys can sit there, those pro fighters, and just go like this. And somehow that big mitt just goes right by your head. I don't, I, it's the most fascinating thing ever. But I would think if a kick is coming from down there, like if they, if they, if they fake something up here, yeah, you're looking up there and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh shit, nothing else is moving. Is something coming from the lower floor? Boom. I think if they do something with their hands, they're waiting to like project, uh, like protect the jab. And then I think these people are just so good with their feet. It's really, really fucking remarkable what they could do to like. We should probably why. get an expert on here, Paul, because we could sit here. You know what? I, I think maybe it's the lights. <laughs> we don't know shit about this. Yeah. Um, uh, but definitely worth uh, worth the money. But I didn't. I didn't rent the Jake Paul shit. But nor nor did I. Uh, I I saw the one before that, but there was just something about. Uh, I don't know. There was something sad about the whole thing. No, it was. It was. Uh, it really. I, was. I, I felt a little depressed after watching the whole thing. It's just like there's a lot of, uh, you know. Well, there was a there was a simultaneous UFC card on during it, so I just went back and forth. But here's a you're gonna love. All right, everybody, it's time to listen to me and Paul read out loud again. This should make you feel good about yourselves and where you're headed. Uh, policy genius. Oh Jesus. Uh, April means a lot of not so fun things, getting fooled, getting rained on and getting your tax done, taxes done. So if you need a positive experience to balance it all out, consider protecting your loved ones by getting life insurance with Policy Genius. Policy Genius can help you compare top insurers in one place and save 50% or more on life insurance. Once you find your best option, the Policy Genius team will set up your new policy for you and answer any questions you have along the way. And you can feel good knowing your family has fam financial protection. Getting started is easy. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes to find your best price. Since their licensed agents work for you, not the insurance company, there's zero hassle, man. Uh, if you hit any speed bumps during the application process, Policy Genius will take care of everything. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. The best part, all the benefits of Policy Genius. Oh, the best part, all the benefits of Policy Genius. The comparison tool, the handling of paperwork, the unbiased advice are all to totally free to use. Policy Genius can use, the, uh, Policy Genius can promise that you won't leave their website feeling like a fool. You can save 50% or more by comparing life insurance quotes, but feeling good knowing that if something happens, your loved ones will be taken care of. Uh, wait, you could save 50% or more by comparing life insurance quotes and feeling good and feel good knowing that if something happens to your loved ones, they'll be taken care of. All right, sorry about that. Go to policygenius.com to get started. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. I stuck that landing, Paul. You did. Uh, it's nice to get it right. Didn't that feel, made you feel good, didn't it? <laughs> All right. <laughs> ExpressVPN. 
You know, I know that none of you watch porn, but in case you have any friends that do, ah, I fucked that up. ExpressVPN, I know that none of you watch porn, but just in case you have friends that do, you want to pay attention to this. With everything going on in the world, governments have increased their surveillance. Surveillance. They're using your devices to track your location, movements, and in many countries, your internet activity. Uh, you don't want to be literally caught with your pants down. And one of the best ways to keep your online browsing activity private is by using ExpressVPN or jerking off to your imagination. <laughs> you keep it clean. Uh, when you use ExpressVPN, your internet connection is rerouted through a secure encrypted server so you can surf the web anonymously without anyone looking over your shoulder. Look, I know you probably think all you have to do, all you have to do is use incognito mode and no one can see that you've watched every last hente video on Pornhub, but you're wrong. Even with, even when you use incognito mode, your internet provider like Comcast or AT&T can see every single website you visit. And if you live on campus or use a shared Wi-Fi, your network administrator admin can can too to be honest that's kind of scary that's why i use expressvpn wherever i go online and i recommend all of you to do the same without expressvpn you're going you're giving people a free license to peek um over your shoulder and see all the freaky shit you're looking at so protect your privacy today and get three months of expressvpn for free expressvpn.com slash burr uh, sorry slash better that's express, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash better. For three months free with a one-year package, expressvpn.com slash better to learn more. All right. How do you feel? <laughs> I'm exhausted. you got to read three and then I close the last one out, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, all right, guys. Sunday lawn care. I like this one because people were commenting on my green grass. Uh, what are the common problems, everybody? Brown patches, shitty looking grass. Well, not me. No more uh, bare patches. Um, see your lawn thrive this spring with your own custom lawn plan from Sunday. Sunday is more than just a lawn care product. It is a custom lawn care plan with a variety of ways to help grow a beautiful lawn, control weeds, and remove pests. It's funny, I put a post on an Instagram post and my lawn was behind and people are going, dude, that lawn looks good. It looks, I was like, yeah, it does look good. Um, <laughs> Sunday lawn care. Sunday lawn care. Sunday makes taking care of your lawn easier than ever. Uh, I just went to get, uh, uh, I just went to get Sunday.com, put in my home address and their free lawn analysis tool took care of the rest in just seconds. Okay. Sunday uses soil and climate data to create a tailored, uh, nutrient plan so you could get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. Sunday is made with ingredients that you could actually pronounce like seaweed, iron, molasses, so you could grow better and feel better about it. Sunday explains exactly what you get and why and everything is waiting at your door when you need it. It really was easy. We have it here. Um, and actually it's the shit. So, uh, all I had to do was attach a ready-to-use uh, pouch to the garden hose and spray. Lawn care used to take up the whole day, 
Now it takes less than 15 minutes. Best of all, this stuff really works and my grass looks better than ever. Uh, let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit getsunday.com slash better to get $20 off your custom lawn uh, plan uh, at checkout. That's $20 off your custom plan at getsunday.com slash better. $20 off. Do it now. Uh, your lawn, you'll have the best looking lawn in the neighborhood. That's right. It'll look like an MLB outfield. Okay, this one is going to be, this one is all personal. You know this one, Andrew. This one happened, This one changed my wife. Uh, hello, fresh, everybody. Uh, I'm just going to say this. This is not even on the read. Me and my wife almost get divorced because of what we're going to eat. It's the biggest, craziest. <laughs> I swear to God, it is the number one. I've left the house. She's called me names. I've called, it's been brutal. Hello, fresh, sent the fucking dinners. And it was a joke, dude. The whole fucking week was easy. Hello, fresh uh, cuts out stressful <laughs> meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner at the table in about 30 in minutes house. or less. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> try meals ready in 20 minutes or less. Um, lightning prep recipes and quick breakfast and lunches. Perfect for your busy schedule. Uh, Hello, fresh offers uh, 25 plus uh, plus recipes. We've had, I think, four, and all were delicious. Uh, oh, they had a pasta with some chicken sausage. It was nice. We'll look kick. Um, to choose from each week, from vegetarian meals to craft burgers and extra special gourmet options. There's uh, something for everyone to enjoy with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. HelloFresh has a wide variety, easy, delicious options for all three meals of the day, uh, plus every snack and special treat in between. Uh, cook delicious meals while saving time and money. Try America's number one meal kit today. Uh, not kidding. We're going to keep getting it. It was incredible. Go to HelloFresh.com slash, wait, 12 better? Is that nah, right, Andrew? It's better. Okay. Uh, and use promo code 12better for 12 free meals, including shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 12better and use code 12better for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Guys, I promise the ingredients were nuts. We enjoyed it. The kids liked it. And uh, and there was a lot of leftovers after the meal. So definitely check out uh, HelloFresh. Yeah, and that code is 1212better, the number 12 better. The number Tom Brady, the number 12 better. There you go. All right, Bill, ready? Yep. Viore. Whoa. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Viore. Uh, Viore, this episode is brought to you by Viore. Viore brings a brand new, fresh perspective on performance apparel. Perfect if you are sick and tired of traditional old workout gear. Everything is designed uh, to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. Uh, oh, I've been in the sweatpants for days. Uh, so freaking comfortable, and you will want to wear it all the time. Fun fact, Viore is Finnish word for mountain. Viore's performance Loungewear apparel inspires the expansive clarity you get from the top of a mountain view. That's hilarious. We're singing Italian, and this is actually from Finland. <laughs> Somebody, yeah. Uh, I love the men's core shorts. 
Uh, they're so breathable and comfortable. My wife wears the women's daily leggings, uh, literally daily. The high waist is stylish and they fit her perfectly, if you know what I mean. OK, um, good quality material. <laughs> she loves them. Uh, their clothes are versatile. Viore will be worn for just about any activity like running, training, yoga, uh, but also great for lounging and weekend errands. Uh, Viore is uh, an investment in your happiness. So for our listeners, just our listeners, okay, you're going to get 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash better. That's V-U-O-R-I, uh, clothing.com slash better. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders uh, over $75 and free returns. Go to vioriclothing.com slash better and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. All right. My bookie. My bookie. Oh, Paul, here's an easy question for you. Paul, who likes easy questions, huh? You do. Here's one for you. If I gave you a choice between a racehorse and a workhorse, which would you prefer? I mean, for me, you know I'd go race. Of course you would. <laughs> I mean. What are you, a farmer? Yeah. You like action, Paul. I like speed. I like power. You do. You like, like putting on a hat, under the smoking a cigar and standing out in the open air, watching yeah. these things run, right? Well, regardless of whether or not you, uh, you aspire to own a stable, you sure as hell can win some money betting at mybookie.ag. Between the NFL draft and the upcoming Kentucky Derby, oh, yeah, there yeah. is no shortage of odds, props, and horses to take advantage of and win some cash with MyBookie. Make sure you hit up the website on May 1st because they're celebrating the 2021 Kentucky Derby with a host of free games, spins, and chips available throughout the day at in the MyBookie Casino. Whether you're looking for a legit blackjack experience uh, fit with live dealers or just looking to bet on the next big event, there's only one place to do it, and that's MyBookie. Sign up now with promo code BETTER at mybookie.ag to get your first deposit matched up to 1000 bucks. Uh that's mybookie.ag promo code better B E T T E R to get a free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie. I don't know guys, I think we're starting to get these reads nice and nasty now. I wouldn't say that. They're better, Paul. Come on, let's not get crazy. This, I'm on the couch and I just looked at Stacy at 9.30, almost 10. And I go, I go, I want shrimp. And she goes, what? I go, I want cold shrimp on ice. And she goes, what, what do you, I go, I have to have that now. I have the craving. And I go, you want shrimp and oysters? And she's like, I'm not. And I was like, fuck it, let's get in. Lucas loves that. Lucas loves shrimp and oysters. So I call up like a really nice it's like a 15 minute drive seafood restaurant that has an unbelievable raw bar and i just get on the phone and i'm like i, I said stacy i don't give a fuck i'll pay hundreds we're getting it now so i found out and i ended up going i go how much for i go how much for fucking 36 oh, shrimp sound like it's right before the super bowl you're literally ordering crustaceans you just say i don't give a fuck <laughs> yeah so i go i go how much for all the way on this one man yeah I, how much for 30? You think I give a fuck? <laughs> I asked if I want to call Mark. Uh, I go, how much for 36 jumbo shrimp 
and 24 oysters. And, uh, dude, it came, I'm not going to lie. Comes out to a, it's, it's no, uh, you know, it's not like buying a couple pies. I can promise yeah, yeah. you that. <laughs> it's, it's ain't a pizza party. But I said, fuck it. And I go out there and I go, give me the, you know, the, the vinegar, the hot sauce, the Tabasco. And I went out there and it was a fucking platter. And me, Lucas, we just sit and we're just fucking, it was, it was fucking awesome, dude. I'm telling you, everybody always does the chicken, the wings, the pizza for get togethers and fights. Go seafood. Just put out a fucking tray of ice with shrimp all over it. People are going to lose their fucking minds. It's cold, refreshing, game changer. Yeah. Fucking, yeah, it is. I can't eat that shit anymore. Dude, really? Dude, my son I is. I disappointing voice I hear. I don't know what. I used to love shrimp cocktail. I fucking can't stand it anymore. What about, dude, my son's 11. He'll eat an oyster. Lucas just puts it on a thing and I'm just, and he's the pickiest eater like his mother. He won't eat anything but like pizza and all like the kid. He takes cheese off pizza. I mean, it's that's a whole other sin. Cool. But like, and then the kid's slurping fucking oysters. Um, yeah, I can't. Uh... But Andrew, you brought yeah. something up. I got to tell you guys a story. So Pete Davidson hits me up like a year, like before the year before the pandemic, Pete hits me up and he knows how much I love the Knicks. You guys know how much I love the Knicks. And he goes, Paul, I got tickets to the Knicks. You want to go? I'm like, yes, we're going right. So we go and we get the, the same thing I got that the Mazzillis got us when I opened for you at the garden, like you get the fucking. So uh, we go in there and, you know, they do the pour and the drink. And like, you can't tip like it's one of those. It's like when, when me and, you know, when I fucking ended up sleeping on your couch and I almost got divorced. So um, <laughs> I'm getting hammered and now they walk and Pete, Pete seat, the SNL seats are fucking like there. Like even the garden seats that like hooked me up with that time with Mazzilli, like they're like, you're like kind of sitting where the owner is, but you're a that little back. like another lifetime ago. I can't imagine going to a game so so we're sitting there and we're like on the Knicks bench like you hear that you hear what the coach is saying we're sitting there and I'm sitting next to this guy and his hair is slicked back and he had his shit together and a beard and I'm sitting there and I'm like three tall vodkas in and I'll pour Zingas is on the team at the time so it's right before that trade I'm jumping up and this fucking I'm jumping up and at one point Porzingis did something I jumped up and I almost was on the court and everybody's fucking like all the people are like, oh, shit, this guy's really into this. Right. I had friends from high school going, you're sitting next. So anyway, we're, we're like, I see you. I see you. So Pete's like, you want to go get more drinks? And I'm like, yeah, who am I to say? <laughs> it twists my arm. So we go back and we start getting more drinks. And the guy ushering us is going, you know who you're sitting next to? And I was like, no, no. Who is that guy? He goes, that's the new at, at the time. He goes, that's that's the new Mets manager. That's Mickey Calloway. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know. So great name. Yeah. So we come back. I get, I get a, I get a drink. And now I'm sitting next to it's him, the new head coach of the Mets, the new manager of the Mets, and his and the Mets trainer. And he's like, Oh, you guys are comedians. That's great. He's giving us cards. Anytime you want to come to batting practice, like all this shit, you know. Little does he know. I said to him, though, I didn't realize I said this to him. I'm hammered now. I'm fucking hammered. I'm like, yeah, dude, congratulations on a new job, man. You're gonna love New York. I'm fucking trying to be welcoming. You know, I'm fucking hammered though. I'm slurring probably, right? Oh, oh and no. uh, yeah, so he was the Indians pitching coach. He was the Indians pitching coach the year before. And we came back and beat the Indians in the series and game. game that was when 
that was when we were all out and Berkowitz goes, I go, I don't care if I'm on stage, just come out and tell me that the, the Yankees won or lost. And he said, they like, and I was in the middle of a joke and I fumbled up. Remember? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So we thumbs up a thumbs down. We were in Tampa. I go thumbs up, thumbs down. If it's thumbs down, we're going to lose. And if we lose, it means we go down. Oh, two in a best of five, which yeah, you were pacing the stage. And then you turn to the side of the stage. We were at you. You saw him. You're like, and he went thumbs down. You went, so I <laughs> I gotta do yeah. So 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 Bartnick goes, Mersey, Mersey. I swear to God, Bartnick goes, Mersey, they're gonna come back to New York, they're gonna win, they're gonna win three in a row. And he happens to be right, but game five was nuts and we win. I don't realize that he's the fucking that he was the pitching coach of Cleveland. So I'm like, oh yeah, man, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm not really a Mets. I'm a Yankee fan. I was like, you know, but I was like, I'll tell you what, that game seven against Cleveland. And I just, I was like, that was incredible. And he kind of just, he, he kind of just stayed quiet. But I said to him, I go, let me ask you something. I was like, I don't mean to ask you anything about baseball, you know? And, and he goes, no, no, please, please. He goes, actually, I love talking baseball. I go, you've been in the game a long time. You're a new manager. I go, who's the greatest hitter you've ever seen live your whole life? And he just goes, oh, and then one second, he just goes, dude, he goes, easy. He goes, he goes, uh, did he say easy? He goes, Barry Bonds. He goes, the thing about Barry Bonds is, he goes, Barry Bonds, he goes, just never let a pitcher, if the pitcher made one mistake, he goes, he's the only guy that if the pitcher makes one mistake in an at-bat, he, he gets you. And uh, he goes, dude, I've seen, and he was just like, it's like nothing like it. He goes, if a pitcher fucks up and I'm just, and I, I thought that that was really cool. It's the only question that I asked him, but uh, the more and more I talk to people about baseball, they say that that was the, even before the allegations, before he, he turned he into during that steroid era, because I thought he was a victim of it because he was the guy. And then all these guys started taking roids before him. Right. And then they became the guy. The president's calling them about their home run streak rather than calling him. So he's like, all right, fuck it. Here's me on roids. That's kind of how I feel it went. Well, you know he was I mean? the, yeah. Yeah. It's they, like if everybody's juicing and all of a sudden they're passing him and they're not really, and you know, and the owners knew what the fuck was going on, I think, and they weren't doing anything about it. So it's like, all right. Yeah. Here we go. Give me a bigger hat. I'm in. Fuck it. Yeah, you're imagine that, right? You're the fucking let's just you know, you're a great comedian, one of the best. All of a sudden, these two, three other comedians start stealing those tickets and they start not talking about you anymore. And you were the motherfucker. No, they right? took a substance that made them funnier. And you and found all of a out everybody's writing articles on them and no one stopped. And I gotta get on the juice. You know, it'd be like some of those colorful cereals from the early 70s, like tricks mixed with like Fruit Loops. Some of that shit that makes your mind fucked up, <laughs> turns the milk a different color. You drink that shit. That's like uh, the Nutty Professor. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. That's why, man, like baseball was ruined. That era of baseball ruined records. It ruined everything. And and I hate to say it, but it ruined, even though they say they don't care, it ruined Roger Clemens. It ruined Barry Bonds. It it it, it takes away from what Alex Rodriguez is amazing. Yeah, it, it was a period of time. What the fuck are you going to do? No, it's, I'm just Before saying. Dude, what everybody forgets is how much fun it was to watch baseball players on steroids. It was fucking unbelievable. Yeah. 
I'm not going to name names, but I went down during one person's home run chase, and I watched this dude take batting practice. I was at a San Diego Padres game. Me and this commit, Dan Smith. We were sitting in the upper deck, dude, and this guy, everybody else, we'd already watched other people's batting practice, and they were hitting home runs. Dude, his shit went like, was coming at you like a missile. You're like, fuck. Everything else, you were like, fuck, I want to catch that. His shit, you were just yeah. like, get out of the fucking way. It was amazing. It was fucking yeah. amazing. If they I'll all were... dude, I'm an old man at heart, so uh, I love, dude, if I could somehow figure out a way to watch TV outside, I just hate technology. Dude, get it projected, dude. You fucking do this, dude. I, I, if I could just sit in a lawn chair on Father's Day, and watch a fucking baseball game and keep score and uh, with like two of the shittiest teams in the league, I would be in fucking heaven. I don't know why, dude. It's, it, you know what it is? Is I'm a, f- I got thunder and lightning going on between my ears. Oh, I'm getting rid of it, dude. I'm not as fucked up as I used to be. I like to think, but like, that's why I like slow shit. Smoking a cigar, a sedan. Yeah. Yeah. I like to slow. I don't need, like to be driving like some crazy fucking car. That's the car version of my fu- what my fucking brain is doing. I want to slow yeah, shit yeah. down. So I love, I used to love when I was on the road hitting fucking day games when I had like a college uh, later on that night and I would get the scorecard with the little stupid free pencil. Barracuda jacket, Bill. Barracuda jacket, of course. And I would just sit there by myself and everybody would go, look at this fucking... 80-year-old in a 30-year-old body. And I would just sit there, fucking hot dog, beer. And, and, and uh, dude, I remember one time I went to a Cincinnati Reds game. And they were just terrible. And all I just remember, all I think I really can remember was the sea of red seats. And I went there, my old man shit, right, to sit there and keep score. And there was these two guys just boozing in front of me. And they were going, well, I got to ask you, hey, you came here, they sucked this year, what are you doing? And I told them what my deal was, and next thing you know, they bought me around, dude, and I, I, don't, I don't remember anything from the sixth inning on. We got fucking hammered. And then I was buying them rounds, and there was this little place where you could get shots. Dude, we got so fucking loaded, and we were just laughing our balls off. And then I remember for a while, it was like I felt like I hadn't talked to him for a while. Like, you know, when you like passed out, but you didn't pass. I think blacking out is what they call it. I kind of blacked out for a couple of innings. And I remember like two of the three of them were gone. And one of them was sitting in front of me like asleep. And then I kind of came to like, I can't be doing this anymore, man. I'm too old to do this. And I just wandered out of the park before the end of the game, dude. It was it like, like a, it sounds like a horror movie where you wake up, others are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this was like, this was during the day. And I remember, too, it was also, was early in the year, so it was kind of fucking freezing out. It was one of those things where, like, the sun was, you could get a sunburn, but also get hypothermia, like one of those fucking early spring days, man. Yeah. And I just remember, I just remember the guy's red face. That's all I remember. <laughs> he just kept going, this guy, this guy's a comedian, like, spitting as he's talking. We were just fucking <laughs> spitting on each other. He was talking, just fucking... Hammer. Uh, Hammer. That's that's great, man. I, I I love I actually when I went to California and we went to a Dodger game, we were sitting right on the railing in left field 
on the on the level up, dude. And I had a hot dog. And I got to tell you, Dodger Stadium, I fucking loved. I loved where we were sitting. We could see everything. It was sunny. You see the mountains in the back. And I was just like, this is like, that's when baseball is, is uh, let's be honest, though. It is a tougher watch on TV. Like it being is, there. You just got to get into the, it's like watching a soap opera. You can't yeah. pop in every other week. You got to know what's going on. You got to just keep watching. Like, I'm going to get the baseball pack if I had the fucking time. Dude, I lived in New York. I used to, I had the baseball pack. I used to watch the Red Sox every fucking night. I would tape the game. I'd watch it every single night. I knew, I knew the pitching lineup. I knew our middle relief. I knew the whole fucking thing. I loved it. I couldn't mm-hmm. wait for a three-game fucking series in, in Minnesota, whatever the hell they were doing. It's, it's still a great game. If you're into numbers and you keep score, like you ever keep score in like a perfect game, like whoever gets to do that, just how it's like every third inning, the three same three guys get up in the same order, and he just knocks them down. Batters one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Three times in a row. Zero, zero, zero. I mean, it just like out of everything that they say, you watch gymnastics and they get like a perfect 10. As amazing as that is. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah, you ran down the fucking runway, you did your flipsy whoopy. The fucking shit is over so fast, even though it is amazing. Yeah. You do that to sit there and sustain perfection. For three hours. And even when you're not pitching, which is probably even worse, you got to go sit on the bench and think about it. And then everybody's going, don't talk to him. Don't talk to him because you'll jinx him, which makes it even worse, I would think. Yeah. I think like that and holding the lead, holding the lead of a master's or a major going into Sunday when they've been talking about you and everyone's trying to catch you. That's, that's a good one too. But the pitching one, I had a friend go on a date, took a girl to David Wells, perfect game. And she's going, this is boring. Nothing's happening. And he goes, do you realize what the fuck you're seeing? She's going, why aren't they hitting? This is, and he's just going, God, I wish I was with a friend. He yeah. took a girl that he like, and they didn't Dude, end I up. I still together. remember. I still remember being at the comedy store. Uh, the comic strip, Lucian Holt, rest his soul, was a huge Yankee fan, and he went to the Yankee game with a bunch of strip comics. I want to say John Bush was there. I can't remember who was there, but they were all sitting there like going, what the fuck? I can't believe I saw that. And this is the greatest thing ever. I heard their story. I did the spot, and then I was walking up the street because I used to live on 97th and Lex, Right. So I was walking up the street, and as I walked up the street, I think it was the same night. I can't remember. Uh, I saw David Wells in a bar drinking amongst people because you know how he was, right? He was just like – he was like a Charles Barkley type. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm in fucking NBA. Let's have – you know, let's fucking hang out, right? He was just in the middle of all of them, people saying congratulations. He was like going, thanks. And, dude, he was just getting fucking hammered the way way we – I did anyway back in the day. And I remember thinking, uh, I thought it was right because I actually really, really liked that team, that '98 team, because it was it was homegrown, you know. Yeah. Uh, couldn't hate on it, and they were just so fucking good. I never saw a team score more goddamn runs with two outs. They just rally. Yeah, that team took more pitches than a lot of other teams in history, too, man. Those guys took pitches. Those guys had pitch counts high. They made they made the pitcher work. Joe Torre teams. You know, Joe Torre got a lot of shit. A lot of people thought he should have been fired earlier than he was. 
But uh, the one thing about his teams is they took pitches, man. They fuck. They looked at pitches. What, what what about a dynasty? Didn't people like? I couldn't believe how much shit he was getting. You guys do that shit all the time in New York. Yeah, it's, they, they it's, question Eli his whole fucking career. How many times did he have to beat Brady and Belichick before you thought this guy was legit? Not even this. Look at his road playoff win. The guy didn't get hurt. The guy didn't get hurt since 04. He was never hurt. There's got to be something to be said about that. Yeah. The guy never got hurt. You got four it's, Super Bowls. He won half of them under center. I went to what a, is I the problem. I told you this. I went to a Monday night football game against the Rams after a Super Bowl when the guy's sitting behind me goes, I'll tell you what, man. He goes, I'm not sold on this. He like, is it ever enough? But that's what happened with Patrick Ewing. They never, he had to say that in his retirement speech. He goes, you guys didn't know what I, what you had with me. And I didn't know what I had with you. And everybody cheered. You know how fucking sad that is? I didn't like how he had to take a part of the responsibility. He was just a kid. He was just a kid. It wasn't his fault. He's fucking ah. I don't know that that, no, that uh, selfish weird thing. I'm no, trying to remember that 98 infield. Don't it was Chuck Knobloch. Don't tell me cheater. And I'm trying to remember the third baseman. I know it was a blonde guy. Socious or brocious. Scotty brocious. Scott brocious. Tino Martinez, of course, first baseman. And then I want to say it was Joe Girardi with Posada backing him up. Uh, uh, yes, Joe Girardi and Posada were the thing, and then you had uh, wait, Paul wait, 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 wait. Okay. Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams. It's a Red Sox fan doing this, dude. And your left fielder, that wasn't that blonde-haired kid who was hitting all those home runs for for a minute in September. I loved him. Yeah, no, he he came later. You're thinking of Spencer, um, Shane Spencer in '99 had one of the Shane- best Septembers anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, we had Shane Spencer. We also had this guy, Chad Curtis. Our left field was kind of like a – our left field was like a platoon for white guys with military haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just uh, – no, the knock on Tory was he just killed arms of the eighth inning guy because he went to him every night. So what he would do is he would get a setup guy for Mariano, but he'd put him in every night. And then by the time you were done with the Yankees after three, four years of doing that, you were fucking, your arm was done. Yeah, but the guy won four titles in five years. What is the problem? Yeah. No, I think he won four He won, did he win five? five No, 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 that was. uh, He won four, Girardi uh, Girardi won one. Girardi won the uh, 09 one. Yeah, four four fucking, uh, he said it once. He goes, when we beat the Mets, this is what he said. He goes, when we beat the Mets in 2000, he goes, I thought it would be Nirvana for, for Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner liked beating the Mets more. He liked beating the Red Sox, I believe. I believe Steinbrenner wanted to be the team. He hated that there was another team in New York. They hated. So if, like, guys got fired if we lost that series. Guys lost their jobs. Like, Steinbrenner I don't couldn't know, dude. I remember one time you guys beat us in a series in July, and he started crying. I mean, who knows if there was a bet going on? I mean, <laughs> just saying. I mean, but uh, he said, he goes, when we beat the when we beat the Mets in the World Series, I thought I was secure forever. And he goes, and then there's rumblings about my job. There's no, you know, the that way to be. The, he he didn't know how to respect what he had. That was my only knock against that guy. Like I feel like he never wanted anybody to be comfortable. And it's just like I just felt like, dude, that's your own shit. This thing is cruising. Let it fucking happen. That's the fucking ego thing. It's like that that fucking guy in Chicago. Messing up the bulls. Like, yeah. what is the problem? That fucking guy. That fucking yeah. guy. Jerry Krause. 
Yeah, dude. It's like he wanted more ink on him. Yeah. They apparently they shit on that guy. The disease of more. The disease of more. You win a championship, everybody wants more, and that's why you don't repeat. People want more money, they want more playing time, they want more credit, they want more attention, they want more print, and we get away from what the fuck it is we're doing. One of the great analogies of all time. He said that to the Lakers after 87, I believe, and that's what uh, I think is a huge... Everybody does that. They went back to back. Everybody in life does that. I remember being a comic, seeing comics on fucking... Best week ever, fucking stupid floating head. And it'd be like, if I could get one of those crap. And then I remember, dude, I wanted to be on Chelsea lately because people were getting on it. That fucking shitty show. You fucking believe that? I wanted to get on that fucking disaster. Bunch of fucking people talking about pop stars that did more than them. And I was like, I could sell tickets and do that. I probably shouldn't say it, but I don't give a fuck. Andrew, do not take that out. That's What's the thing. Yeah, talking of shit about people you want to work with. I remember when I was doing like those VH1. I love the 80s and stuff. And they wanted you to trash these people. It's like, I, I'm a fan of that. Per- I want to work with that person someday. <laughs> I might get an opportunity to work with this person. and be like, well, you know, it would have happened. But you fucking, you did a joke, you know, on this fucking show. I'm not even getting paid on. Yeah. And listen, good on the people that put them on. If, if you got on Chelsea lately and sold tickets, good for her for giving you that platform. But I'm looking at the substance of the show and it's like, yeah, it's like comedians forget, like they're using you to trash Janet Jackson because of something that happened. You're going like Janet Jackson is a fucking icon. <laughs> Why you am know, I? I uh, those VH1, I love the, all of that shit. They didn't pay any money. They gave you cab fare. And then finally, the union finally, these fucking unions are all bought off, every fucking one of them. They finally got you to get paid, I think it was like 500 bucks. But then what was funny, so then what they did was then they took all of their shows and then took all the the similarities, edited them, re-edited them, chopped them all up and made like another 50 shows. So you got like, you basically got paid like 10 bucks a show because then they had you on all these other shows. And then you were chasing this carrot that if you were on one of those shows, somehow you would be able to sell out a comedy club, you know, yeah. from the yeah. guy who said uh, that joke about a super soaker. He's at the funny bone this weekend. And there'd be like 13 people there. <laughs> so all for all you youngsters out there, anytime somebody says, this is good exposure. That means they're fucking you out of money. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's like we were talking about actors. Don't that ever just get paid in exposure. Actors taking a good script instead of any script, right? An actor sees a fucking movie and they're like, this movie, I fucking believe in it. The script is incredible. The writers are incredible. And then you get somebody that wants to do like a fucking, you know, like a spoof thing where like you just have a, and I get it, man. You want You want the exposure. You want to be the guy that was in that. But you also got to do the quality, man. It's hard. It's you know, hard there is thing. something to be said, though, to just selling your soul. And <laughs> just, just getting fucking paid in being in one of those, 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 one of those franchises that just keeps going and going. Like, oh, what do we do this time? How do, how do we do the Fast and Furious part? Because Vin Diesel is one of my favorite fucking, like Vin Diesel, dude, in fucking Saving Private Ryan. He's fucking amazing. He's amazing. Yes. 
And then he also had that 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 sci-fi series that he was uh, of, of movies that he was in. Yeah, Riddick. I, Riddick. Yeah, Riddick. that was the shit too. And I feel like people forget how good a fucking actor that guy is. I so thought he was I'm good in Boiler Room too. Boiler Room. Boiler Room. Right in Boiler Room. Yeah. Because what the fuck did you tell them? Yeah. What the fuck did you tell them? Yeah, that voice. He's got yeah. fucking. He's, he was like a fucking Jack Telly Savalas. I loved him. I fucking loved that guy, man. Uh, it's just oh. those Fast and Furious movies are, are, are too, like, it's too young a movie. I'm too fucking old for that shit. But I do have to say, there's something to be said. The house that that buys to. I mean, come I, on. <laughs> we were talking about that. People in our business. Yeah. Yeah. They're. The people that kind of do that do have, but it's the balance of life, man. At what cost? You know, at what fucking cost? No, it's, but that's a personal question. Because I really think selling out, like, that's you. You answer that question. It's all how you feel after you did it. If you do that shit and you feel good, you're fucking on some jet ski that has your fucking face custom painted on it. And that makes you happy. Then I don't think you sold out. Selling out, people always think it's like a money thing. I think selling out is just you do something, and then afterwards, you, if you feel like you need a shower, you sold yourself out. But don't ever listen to people say, oh, you." if you still feel good about it, and they say you sold out, then that makes you feel bad. That's just because you let that shit in. If you no, don't feel yes. bad about it, you, it, there's nothing wrong with it. And plus, no, I get that. Somebody's got to do it. No, I get that. I get that. But I'm not talking about so much of like selling out, like when somebody goes mainstream. And then the people give him shit going, he used to go to underground fucking bars and that's what it was. It's like, fuck you. He, he tried to get out of that and he fucking got out of that and he's fucking crushed it. So that I'm talking about people that like, you know, the people I remember like one time I saw guys like guy was clearly like just being a piece of shit to the woman. He was with, like, yeah. And I was just like, it's like, uh, I remember saying one time this guy and he was just like, I was like, man, you was like, you cheat on, you cheat on your, your girl. He's like, and he just kind of looked, he didn't say yes or no, but the answer he gave was like, you knew. And then I was like, how long have you been with her? And he said some ridiculous amount of years. And then you're just going, oh, this dude, this person will do anything to like, there's no conscience. Like when you don't have a conscience about what you're doing, you know, there's something like, those are the people that Let like, me ask don't. You this, dude. what you're going to be in a franchise. Okay. This, this yeah, is which? This is just going to be your last acting gig, but you're going to get paid. What yes. is it? Is it a Western? Is it a sci-fi? Is it is it a, a born identity thing? Like what? what is Paul Verzi? You're going to have to do six of these fucking movies, Paul. And I'm talking green screen. They're going to be yanking you up on fucking bungee cords and shit. Straws up your nose doing, I mean, I guess that's it's like sci-fi, whatever. Yeah, I mean, if if that oh man, that's a that's a good question, you know. Like, I would say if there was like some sort of like two things, and I know this is so crazy and so different, but I would either say something like if there was a like a Godfather, new Godfather saga, like if there was like the another fucking like Michael Corleone type that they were like, this is gonna be the the new mob family, and it's gonna be like the new Coppola shit. And I mean, something like that. But then again, for my kids, I would do something maybe that my kids thought was, was really cool, like a 
You know, like if, if Star Wars was to say, that's we're going to make a good answer. Yeah. If they, if Star Wars going to make three new movies and it was going to be like the new return of the Jedi empire strikes back at like a new, and, and I had an opportunity for that, but there's no fucking Italians in space, which is not, which, which I wouldn't look Has right. Have there ever been an Italian out there? Not, not no, dude. I mean, Andrew, has there been an Italian character in any of the Star Wars franchise? Anything? I'm trying to think of names in Star Wars that might seem Italian, and uh, none are coming to me. Bib Italians are some of the most discriminated against people in fucking show business. They really are. They really are. It's either typecast. Sh- I'm serious. Look, name me other than the grandfathered in De Niro, Pacino's, uh, you know, the, the Scorsese, Pesci's. Other than that. Name me a guy. You'd never see a guy, you know, with versus- Cry me a river, buddy. Paul, cry me a fucking river. No, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. It's, say what, something, dude. it's what is happening. Ginger males. <laughs> we have a, we have this, this, this corridor is what we, we get to play. We hey, get you got to, to space. You got to uh, space, cocksucker. <laughs> no, I got to space. I just sell out Madison Square Garden, shave my head. And get rid of my unsightliness. If you could, if you could be in a blockbuster, would you do a western? If you could be in a blockbuster, I would either, do a western in a second. I would do a fucking western. I go run, learn how to ride a horse. I do that in a fucking second, dude. My whole shit is just like, look, my shit. I do stand up. I do podcasts. That's what pays the bill. Acting shit that I do is just stuff that's gonna be that's really well written and is gonna be I and. and you know, they're, they're trying to do something great. That's my shit. I will do that. Um, I show, I, you know, I just did one recently. Might have been the most fun I've had. And I've had a lot of fun on these acting gigs. I mean, I mean, obviously, look, King of Staten Island, I got to hang with Pete and everybody for the whole summer. And that was just like going to summer camp. That was awesome. But this one here, I can't say anything about it, but it was... Uh, Shit is fun, man. No, I'm serious. You know, a lot of people, you know, I don't know. I don't think they respect acting. But if you actually try to get good at it, you start to see. It's just like stand-up. There's just like this killing, and then there's these other levels of it. And uh, I don't know. Look what I found. What's that? <laughs> oh, my God. My dude, look at that. Dude, that was... that was get the, that framed, man. That was the first day... On st- and that's when I took all those pictures because I played Pete's dad that died in a fire. And I'm taking all these pictures and I'm holding things like bags that are supposed to be the kids. And uh, yeah, that's the day you, you splattered the sauce on me. That's that was a long day. Was that, that day. Oh, that was that day. That was that day. You came up to the pictures because you had finished. You came up to the pictures. I finished the pictures. We went out to eat. And uh, yeah, I, I, I remember I shot the scene. Then everyone's going, oh, there's a buzz about the scene. Then I find out it doesn't make the film. And uh, I remember talking to my manager and he goes, yeah, that's going to happen a lot. He goes, he goes, you're going to shoot things and you're going to and they're going to be like, it's great. And then it doesn't make it. And I was like, fuck, man. It happens. It doesn't happen a lot. It happens, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess. Listen, look, if you just if it's one scene, yeah, you got a pretty high chance. Yeah that that might get cut by that, you know, you just kind of, it's, you try to grab something that is moving the story along. Yeah. Rather than (laughs) building, if it's just a scene that's sort of building the characters and showing who they are, they can snip a lot of that away. But if it's, if it's sort of moving the ball forward, they're going to need that or else there's going to be like 
a hole in it or something. Listen to me, like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And there's two, there's two really good quotes about selling out. I've heard one of them was Jeffrey Tambor uh, took a job and he took it for the money, and Al Pacino said to him, "How much steak can you eat?" And it was kind of like the point, like you know, what are you, what are you doing this for? Like, how much money do you need? Another one, uh, a good one is uh, uh, Ben St- Bill. You might have told me this. Ben Stiller said to Gene Hackman, "Oh, you know, I, I really love the Poseidon adventure. I saw it when I was a kid. It meant a lot to me. So with my dad, and he goes." Oh yeah, money gig. Just kind of like brushed it off. So he said yeah. that. Wow. Goes, oh, oh, the yeah, best money. one was Michael Caine. Michael Caine. That's the other good one. Yeah. Michael Caine was they they brought up Jaws three, which was not good. <laughs> I go, did you see Michael? Did you see Jaws three? He was like, no, but I saw the house that it bought. <laughs> that's like that's fucking, fucking over. That's over. Yeah, I mean, they just shouldn't have, they should have just thought of a better storyline than the shark following them to the Bahamas where it couldn't survive in that water environment. <laughs> like, like that, Jaws oh, 3. Is that how the, they got it in the, the end? The shark had a vendetta, like a vendetta. Let it go. <laughs> that shark was born in the Mediterranean Sea. That was its problem. That shark was. Let me Sicilian. tell you, Michael, you're dead to me. I don't know when, I don't know how. One of these oceans, I'm going to run into you. I don't give uh, a fuck if it's a straight or a sea. But, like, what is, like, what is selling out? Like, some people were, like, I know some people, I'm not going to mention names, but I remember one comedian was doing a commercial for pizza or pizza crust. And people are going, oh, fuck, I wish you didn't do that. But then it's like, let's just say, for example, Pizza Hut or somebody like that says, hey, we think you're a great comic and we're fucking promoting this new pepperoni pizza crust or whatever. And we're going to give you 200 fucking K. It's like great thing is back in the now you used to have to pretend you had integrity because I guess all these big time movie stars used to do advertisements overseas, which is funny to me because obviously people over there didn't give a fuck. It was only here for some reason that if it, it seemed if you did a commercial that you were uh, that you were selling out or whatever. But like now, though, dude, it's just like you do podcasts, you do ad reads. I remember when I first started doing ad reads. I was like, oh, fuck, am I, I'm in a commercial now. Am I being like a. a no, mic- you got fucking a family and kids like I, there's no yes. such selling out is doing something you don't believe in for the money, like truly don't believe in it. Right. Selling out, like selling out to me would be like, that's fuck, what happens. It's because, but then what happens is the money makes you think like, well, you know, could get myself a couple of nice things with that. Yeah. Well, Listen, what's man. your figure? What, my price? Your price. For? Like, here's, you walk away, Paul. You accept this offer. We will give you everything here. You won't have to audit us. We're actually we're actually going to do something very un-Hollywood. We're actually going to p- give you the money we promised you. And then you walk away. Then I have to I have to walk away. From, I wash my hands of you. What's your number? What do you need, Paul? What can Paul Verzi with Paul's expensive tastes? When you want to own a racehorse. Cigar bar, a pizza parlor. You got a lot of other shit you want to do. You have your own little strip mall. The farm behind it. A lot of white leather. There's fur coats in there, Paul. Dude, my horse is going to have a fucking white leather saddle. (laughs) With gold, dude. His name is. My fucking. My man cave is going to look like the sports book at the fucking MGM. Dude, I know how you spend fucking money. Um, okay, 
So no, what do you Paul, mean you to buy know. me out of Hollywood? They're going to give me this money, Paul, and you got to know the government's going to take like sixty percent of this. You're telling me to buy me out for life. Buy me out for life. Like you're buying me out of show business. Is that what you're saying? I'm walking. You're out. You're out. Okay. You can still putz around town, do some comedy shows. We'll let you do that. You can host, you know, you can host the weekend, you know. I just started selling tickets. Let me stay in the game. I just started selling tickets. I I would say my number would be, you know, see, uh, after taxes, what what, what my fucking net would be, okay? My net would be to be completely comfortable, I would say net 25 million. 25. 25 million net. How old I'm are talking you? 40. After, after the feds. After the feds. Hey, after everything. After you everything's think Paul done. Berzy, if you live to be, dude, you got Greek blood, man. You're going to live to be like 90. Uh, your lips to God's ears. Knock on wood. So you're telling me you got another 50 years and you're only going to spend 500 grand a fucking year? Paul Verzi spending 500 grand. I'm supposed to sit here and believe that there is a half a century of Paul Verzi spending 500 grand a year. Listen, you got to look at it like this. I got a great finance guy. My guy at UBS is the shit, okay? I'm going to invest in some crypto shit, some Bitcoin, okay? I'm going to have shit in small accounts that build up penny stocks. I got people that, I got good people like that. Okay, I'm not going to go crazy. My house, you know what my house needs to be? My house needs to be 1.5 to $2 million. That's it. Bought out. I need three cars. I need the sedan, nice, comfortable when we go as a family to dinner. Okay, then I need the truck. Okay, and then I want a fast car. Then I want one fast car. So we just need three cars. There's four of us. We just need three cars. My wife's going to drive. My wife's probably going to drive the truck. She'll drive the SUV truck. I'll drive the sedan. And then we'll have a fun sports car when we want to go around, you know, whipping around the turns on a Sunday afternoon when it's nice and sunny out. Right. Okay. Then your son, your son turns 16. He wants a car. Okay. So he, he'll, he'll probably get one of the cars that we have a fine. We have four cars, three car garage, $1.5 million. I like home. this fantasy frugal Paul. Well, no, because right now, gun to my head, as you love to say. You give Paul Verzi 25 million bucks the rest of his he's doing stand-up within eight years. You're coming back. I, I will I I'm gonna, will I'm gonna look at your tracksuit. It's gonna look a little wrinkled. Your Jordans are gonna be a little scuffed, freshly <laughs> polished the best you can. I'll be like, he blew it all. I'll tell you what, I would fly private a lot. I'll fly private a lot. That's why I'm going modest house. That's see, that's the thing. The, the reason I go modest home. And modest cars. I mean, I'm still 1.5 with a nice pool. I go modest with with assets. I I go hard with liabilities. But <laughs> that's how I do it. I'm gonna have a small house, but I'm gonna fly private. Yeah, I'm gonna fly private. All right, and, I'm gonna correct uh, it. Seven and a half years. I run into you with a funny bone. You would think you were done with this shit. I, you know, I I got the itch again. You wouldn't be making eye contact with me, and I would just look. I could tell. You'd have the net, you'd have your little, your chain, you'd have your fucking, dude. All right, we're going way over here, Paul. Let's, uh, Latrell, we wrap up here. Yeah, real quick, Latrell Sprewell, man, he got that $63 million deal, which he wasn't happy with because he said, I got kids to feed. And then hearing that, like, you know, selling assets and shit like that. But like, I think guys like that didn't have the proper advice. I think now you get a good finance guy. I think there's a lot of things that protect people like that. I would be protected. I would be protected. My wife is like, my wife is. bother you after a while that you had all of that fucking money and Paul couldn't go out and flash it. 
I told you, white fur coat face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would do. Here's what I would do. I would do a. I would. Yeah. Do wait a minute. What's your number? Hold on. What's your number? We can't just do me, Bill Burr. You're out of Hollywood. You're out of show business. You're walking. You are walking off into the sunset with your family wherever you want. What is the final number? Seventy million was the first thing that popped in, but I still think that's too little. Oh wow! So I went real low. Fuck. Because <laughs> you're good with money, Bill. No, no, that's the one thing. Bill is one no, of the. No, most- I can't do stand up anymore. The thing that I love, dude. First of all, what I would be worried about was I would, I would. Well, I got kids, so I wouldn't. But if I didn't have any kids, if I didn't have any kids, and you and I couldn't perform anymore, and you gave me seventy million dollars, I would be dead before I was sixty. Oh, dude, you would fucking. I would have the biggest smile if that was open casket. You would know that I died doing what I loved, sitting alone on my back porch, getting fucked up. <laughs> You're good with. See, the thing about you is, and this is the, the thing about Bill. Bill is such a generous person, generous with money, generous, but you're smart with your money. You're smart with your money where like, like, I feel like I'm, I'm very generous to, I mean, I'll fuck give you, I'll give you whatever the fuck. I don't give a fuck. I'll just pay everything. I don't care if I love you and I want to have a good time. The thing is, I don't think about the, you know, I don't get money and I'm just being honest. I don't get, you give me a hundred million in my mind. I don't have 50, you know, I have like 80. You know, so I'm taking some taxes off, but I don't know if it's my Sicilian that we're going to cut some corners to get get it down. Oh, you would be courtside at the Knicks. Oh, that's a definite. Okay, and the Knicks players would would know how much money you had by your third drink. (laughs) And then you would start sending them gift bags of cigars. I would. I really would. They start calling you Paulie Macanudo, and dude, I'm, this is this is within the first season of you with twenty five million. Paulie Macanudo, forget it. Holy shit! You forget it, and you would have you would have a white fur coat. You'd have monogram shirts that said Paulie Mac on it. The players would respect your fucking steez, whatever the kids say, and it would be over. Oh, would I would hand over. every Nick a, a cigar. At the end of the game, how you doing, fellas? <laughs> Just hand the Knicks cigars. Oh, dude, that's great. Nine in a row, fellas. That's nine in a row. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be over, Paul. You, you would go. You got $25 million, I would immediately buy a giant L-shaped couch for you to eventually crash on towards the end of the decade. <laughs> All right. So the trilogy that I would do. Yeah. I would love uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. To do three things like that in a row, following a character um, that you're following who may or may not be the hero in it. Dude, you'd be great in a Western. You'd be either great as the main like Western or the fucking main villain of the main guy. Oh, fuck that, dude. I'm the villain all day. Villain with the backstory, dude, is the best part you're ever going to get. Um, all right, dude, let's, let's wrap this up. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to the anything better podcast. This has been episode 14. Please like subscribe, 
rate and review the show. Every time you do that, the show moves up and we want everybody to, you know, know how great the show is. We want to thank you all for the uh, great comments. Pretty much all the comments are good. He throws some nasty ones out there. It's part of the game. Andrew, we don't have any too bad ones, right? We're good. 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 Yeah. So we're good. So we appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Please check out the Verzi Effect podcast, my YouTube channel, uh, Bill's Monday Morning Podcast, uh, May 20th through the 23rd, Tampa, Florida. I'm coming to Side Splitters doing seven shows. Get tickets on paulverzi.com and all other shows are on there like Austin, uh, June 11th and 12th at the Vulcan Gas Company. And Wise Guys in Salt Lake City, June 24th. Bill, you got a tour coming up? Uh, yeah, starts in July. I'm at the Vegas at the Cosmopolitan, uh, July 2nd or 3rd, something like that. And then it, it starts getting really going in like the end of August, right through the end of the year. I can't wait. Uh, I just can't wait. I, I can't wait to get fucking back out there. I really. Oh, wait. yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Oh, can't yeah. Wait. All right. That's it, everybody. Thank you for, uh, for watching. We'll see you.